Welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show, brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galante, along with Dustin Hawkinsmith. Yes, you heard me right. It is Dustin Hawkinsmith sitting in for Andrew P. Shea today. Dustin, Surprise! I, I never get enough Dusty in one week. Uh, that make that makes one of us. I've 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 had enough of myself, to be honest. <laughs> and I'm sure if we asked your wife, she would say the same thing. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. All right. Before we get started with our show, Dusty, just want to mention again, we've got our big tailgate event going on for the blue white game. Keystone Sports, along with the We Are NIL Collective, working on this together. We've got several already committed player parents coming. If you want tickets, and you really should, I mean, Dustin is going to be there, so you're going to want to meet him in person. Go to thetailgateclub.com. Tickets, more information. We hope to see you there. And what I don't think I've mentioned enough, Dustin, is we're going to be having this event at the Revel XP uh, tailgate location, which if you've never been there before, the place, it's fantastic. Close to the stadium, adjacent to the soccer field. They actually have valet service. You drive up the outside. Their guys will take everything that you bring from your car to your tent Although you shouldn't have to bring much because they're providing the tables, the chairs, the tent, the cooler. You can even get a television package. You know, when you have the night games, you could uh, a whiteout game. You could spend all afternoon watching the other games while you're tailgating. That's RevelXP.com to check them out. That's R-E-V-E-L-X-P.com. All right, Dustin, the ongoing news, we're talking more hoops again. Penn State has a new basketball coach. It's Mike Rhodes, who they brought in from VCU. Your thoughts? Well, I mean, he was he was an early name to watch for a lot of obvious reasons. He, you know, is a Pennsylvania native um, from Lebanon Valley College, uh, from I think Mahanoy area. I think is is where he's from originally. Mahanoy City. Um, so he he he's got roots here. I mean the the it was a, a natural progression in his career to to take the the bump and pay to go from VCU to, to Penn State. He's had success there. He kind of knows what it takes to get to the NCAA tournament. Um, so yeah, he, he was he was one of the more obvious choices, and the, and they they moved quickly and they got him. I mean whether he's uh, going to lead this program back whether he's going to be able to piece together this roster. I mean, a lot of that stuff remains to be seen, but on the surface, I'm not sure that Pat Kraft could have done a lot better with this coaching search than to get it done so quickly and to get the guy that they, that they wanted. So I, I think it's a good hire in, in a difficult situation. I think, you know, Penn state really seemed to step up to the plate with that seven year deal that averages out to 3 million plus per season. So they, uh, they paid the guy. Now all the stuff that came up when Michael Shrewsbury departed for Notre Dame, that stuff all has to be resolved, but they got their guy in place. He can start the long road toward fielding, not even just a good team, but a team in 2023, 2024 with all these guys hitting the portal. But I think, you know, in this day and age, 
he'll be able to do that. I suspect there probably is, is going to be a player or two from VCU who is interested in, in making that jump as well. So I think uh, he'll get to work quickly. Penn State got to work quickly on this one. Things move very, very fast in this coaching search world at this time of year, and they got it done. And you're right. It has to be done quickly because there is so much work to do. It does feel like they got their guy. It also, you ever notice in coaching circles, and I see this more at the pro ranks, if you have a coach who was the disciplinarian and if things don't work out, the next coach is the player-friendly coach. You know, there's the correction from it. They lose Micah Shrewsbury. Why? Probably most importantly because he went home to Indiana, his home state. Well, where's Mike Rose from? Pennsylvania. He's a Pennsylvania guy. So it seems like that was part of the equation. I did take a look at his uh, coaching history, Dusty, and a couple things stood out to me. He was actually named a head coach at a small school, but he was only 25 years. So he's got a good 19, 20 years of head coaching at the collegiate level, actually uh, exactly 19 years. And in that 19-year career, he had a total of two losing seasons. And that was when he took over a disaster at Rice and instantly, you know, uh, doubled the number of wins in the first season, even though that wasn't very much. It was his first two years there that he had losing seasons. And like I said, that was after taking after a disaster of a program. So... I think there's he has a long track history, a Pennsylvania guy. They came up with the money. They did it quickly. A lot of credit to, you know, Pat Kraft and the board getting this thing done quickly. Now the tough job begins, <laughs> putting together a team. One other element uh, to all this that I found interesting was we saw, and this happens a lot, the current players – And those who had just graduated were lobbying for Adam Fisher to get the job. Now, he had a nice resume as an assistant coach. He probably has a relationship, not probably, he does have a relationship with whatever remains of the current players, may have a shot at keeping those current players. And the question is, well, is he ready, though, for the big job, the head coaching job? The fact that he now got the Temple job, what's your reaction to that? Does Is there a message there that maybe at least another school thought he was ready for it? Yeah, I, and I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, it's, it seems like he's done everything you can do without being a head coach to prepare himself for that opportunity. It just strikes me at this point in time, Penn State wasn't interested in – that unknown of not having head coaching experience. I think they were looking for uh, a proven winner. They had a a guy who was a pretty obvious choice, who was a proven winner, who had been to NCAA tournaments, who had, as you said, two losing seasons in his time as a head coach. Very, very experienced. I don't think they were interested in, in the good faith hire that, that, uh, an associate head coach was going to be a great head coach. And that could very well be the case. Um, maybe it's a win-win for for both. But yeah, Temple did see Adam Fisher as, as ready. I don't think he checked enough of the boxes for 
for Penn State. I mean, I think that would have been a, a nice hire and on its own, but they got somebody who's proven and who has done it uh, for multiple, multiple seasons. And that just struck me as an important facet to the way Pat Kraft was doing this search. And I think in the circumstances they were in, Dusty, taking the risk, if if they hired Adam Fisher and it didn't work out, they would be criticized for that hire. Yeah. This, if Mike Rhodes doesn't work out, it's, hey, we got a guy in here who was a proven winner. You can't lay this on us. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, they, they got the better candidate out of it, too. I mean, I, I, at the end of the day, I, I would hope that that's all that matters to uh, the Penn State administration. They got the the higher uh, percentage candidate out of it. And it doesn't it doesn't always all work out. Uh, it might not uh, come together immediately. Maybe with Adam Fisher, you would have saved some of those guys who left for the portal and you, you had a better chance to be successful right away. But, you know, there's no question that Mike Rhodes on paper in every other way gives you a better chance to, to win than Adam Fisher does. And Adam Fisher could end up being a great coach, but that is a big, big variable at a time where the athletic administration was criticized and the, the coaching search got, you know, a little bit extra juice because of Micah Shrewsbury, the way that he left and the fact that they were NCAA tournament team. So yeah, I, I think they needed to go with the most stable and it's not like Mike Rhodes doesn't have upside left. I mean, you give this guy the keys to a better car with more resources and presumably with more going on uh, progressively more going on, on the NIL front. And he can still do better things at Penn state than even he had done at VCU. And during his time at rice, the opportunity should be there. The resources should be there. It's a big 10 team. So there's no reason why they can't be a competitive team. Interesting hire. It appears they're bringing in, former Penn State Nittany Lions star Joe Crispin. And what's interesting about this hire is Mike Rhodes has a reputation as a defensive coach. Joe Crispin, he's been coaching at Rowan, I guess they're Division Three in New Jersey. Two quick stats on them. They averaged over 90 points a game the last two years, and they shoot about 33 pointers per game. Is there a message in yeah. there, Dusty? Well, I think the message is the offense you got used to under Shrewsbury for this short amount of time, they're going to try to usher in something like that. And they're going to have a coach who, you know, and speaking of Nat, I mean, this is a, a like a glove type fit, you know, and may, maybe Joe Crispin has future D1 coach in him. Uh, but certainly right off the bat, there, there's completion there with Mike Rhodes's background and and Crispin's background and the fact that he's going to try to play a wide open, air it out, shoot it. Um, I think the message is we're going to try to score some points. You know, they're going to try to have it both ways. And you get a guy who's uh, who's married to the program, who has come from it, who has experienced success there, who should be able to recruit guys there. Um, so I, I really like it. I don't know in in again a. Uh, pressure situation to get this job done quickly. You could have asked for much more. You got a Pennsylvania guy coming home, defensive minded, uh, experienced, successful. And then you bring in a guy who has, uh, you know, put up big time points at the division three level to come in and be a, a division one assistant. I like the way that, that, that looks. And I, I think, I think it has a chance to work. 
I do too, Dusty. And finally, the last, just to wrap this whole thing up, we got Micah Shrewsbury moving on to Notre Dame. He went home, by all accounts, a really good guy. He did well by Penn State. We shouldn't wish him ill will, but I'm a Penn State fan. I find it hard to root for him now. You don't have to root for him when you can do the right thing just simply by not rooting against him. Just act like, act like he's not even there, and I think you can you can fulfill your duty as a decent human being and a Penn State fan. Well, I'm not sure I'm a decent human being then, Dusty. <laughs> I just I find it difficult. I'm a Penn State fan. I'll be rooting for Mike Rhodes. I'll be rooting for Joe Brisbin. I'll be rooting for this Penn State program. I'm looking forward to the excitement of this offseason because there's going to be so many personnel moves. They've got to replenish pretty much the entire team. Everybody. I can't wait to see what they're going to do, Dusty. That is it for quarter number one. Guess what? Quarter number two, we're going to start talking about football. Stay tuned for that. Are you ready to elevate your game day experience? Then it's time for turnkey tailgating with Revel XP. You get to tailgate close to Beaver Stadium with our exclusive area next to the soccer field. Revel XP will provide the tent, the chairs, table, even the cooler and ice. We even partner with local food and beverage providers to cater your tailgate event. As someone has enjoyed tailgating with Revel XP, I know you're going to love it. Go to RevelXP.com for more info. We Are NIL Collective helps Penn State compete in the new world of collegiate athletics, and you can help us. Hi, this is Michael Krenzman, founding member of We Are NIL, and I'm inviting you to join the football parents and the folks from Keystone Sportsnet at a tailgate party for the blue-white game. Enjoy great food from 409 Tailgate Club and beer from Neutral Brewery, all from the exclusive Revel XP lot near the stadium. This is your chance to also talk football with the guys from Keystone Sports and meet some players' families. So get your tickets at thetailgateclub.com. Thanks very much. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. It's quarter number two on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. He's Dustin Hawkinsmith. I'm Jim Galante. And believe it or not, Dusty, we're going to talk some football. How about that for a bit of a change-up? Man, we have been doing a lot of basketball, and it's just, uh, I think it's good timing that uh, Andy had an obligation, and it was me uh, jumping in here the day after Mike Rhodes gets hired. 
it bring it brings this whole thing to completion because we've talked a lot about Micah Shrewsbury and uh, Penn State hoops and what Pat Crowd what this hire meant. So it was nice that you and I got a chance to to see it to the finish line there. It definitely was dusty, and I'll tell you what: this goes back to that old. There's no such thing as bad publicity. The fact is, despite some of the things, losing a good head coach, losing all these players, people, the Penn State fan base has never talked about basketball more than they are now. So there's at least something good there. So as I talk about shifting over to football, I keep talking about hoops. And I, I almost came back with a comment there. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let, let's do that. Let's move on. Uh, Dusty, I wanted to touch base with you on a, a, a – we are now smack in the middle of spring practice, and I think we've been missing the forest for the trees a little bit. We talk week to week about the news of the week, but I think we need to take an overview – the off season is now over, okay? They're practicing, they're getting ready for the spring game. What happened during this off season? I, I want to get that overview. And I thought that's something that we could do. Take a look at the different elements of this off season. I want to start with the coaching staff. And it seems every year there is some changeover in the coaching staff, whether that coach has excelled and moved on or hasn't excelled. And we may have gotten a little bit of both this time around with the coaching carousel. Yeah, th- this one, this one was interesting. I mean, this is, uh, you know, I, I, I would compare it a little bit to when James Franklin moved on from Kirk Shiraka after one year, it was a little bit um, surprising that, that they moved on from Taylor Stubblefield because it, it did seem like on the surface um, he was doing a nice job with some of these guys. You had Jahan Dotson develop. You you saw Parker Washington really ready from day one and develop. So I, you know, outside of the program, you know, you, you're looking at at that position and thinking that they're doing fine. But you know, you you could definitely make the case that you didn't see enough um, from the wide receivers. So to to move on from from Taylor Stubblefield was a bit of a surprise. They they bring in Marcus Higgins from Virginia, who's got a very good reputation. Uh, and then um, John Scott Jr. moves on to the Detroit Lions, and they they hire from within, which I, I was watching with anticipation to see if this was the time and the opportunity and the place for Deion Barnes, for that star of his, to continue to keep rising. Um, and, and it did. You know, he's been a really good asset for the program in Philadelphia in terms of recruiting, seems to have, have has worked well and developed good working relationships with all the players. Just like we saw with the uh, Penn State basketball and Adam Fisher, you saw some real energy behind Deion Barnes getting this promotion. So I think this was a, a good thing for James Franklin. Um, kind of di- made the decision, made the choice that he thought was in the best interest of his program at the wide receiver spot. And then, you know, show that if you're a deserving candidate from within, you will get an opportunity. So now Dion Barnes, the D-line coach, I, I like both of the hires. Um, and, you know, this wide receiver position, uh, as I'm sure we'll discuss a little bit more here too, is is an important one. You know, th- this is an important 
uh, point in time for Penn State's wide receiver depth chart because you have a lot of guys who haven't accomplished a great deal at, at Penn State. You've got a guy near the top there who they've already made the case this spring, Keandre Lambert-Smith. It's time for him to emerge as, as a number one, so they're setting that tone right away. Um, so, yeah, I, I think they, they needed somebody right here, right now, to help get this wide receiver depth chart to the next level. Uh, not necessarily about the NFL, but I mean, just getting them all to produce at a higher level. And I think Higgins, maybe he's that guy for the, that job. A couple of things, Dusty. I think you put it exactly where it needs to be when you talked about Taylor Stubblefield and said he was doing just fine. Yeah. The problem is just fine isn't good enough. Okay. To James Franklin's credit, uh, I, I believe early on in his Penn State tenure, we talked about, okay, you're just dragging average coach, assistant coaches along with you. They're friends. It's that family feel. You're not firing people. I think James Franklin reached a point where he's no, no more. We've got to yeah. get to the next step and whatever it takes to get there. And I think that's what that hire was about. And the second point, it's interesting to me that he had to make two hires. One of them, he went from outside a veteran wide receiver coach from the outside who they brought in for the defensive line coach. It was the young guy, the new blood hiring from within two very, very different type of hires. And I think that's good for two reasons. Uh, Number one, the overall team of assistant coaches, it shouldn't be all brand new guys. It shouldn't be all, veteran guys you would maintain that balance and different types of coaches on your roster and the second part to this is the common theme between both marcus haynes and Dion barnes they have a specific region where they are known as very good recruiters for hagans it's down in the tidewater area of virginia for Dion barnes it's the philadelphia area And if you add the other um, coach that they brought in, a non-field coach who has the jersey ties, and all of a sudden we're seeing New Jersey recruits, I think that's the common thread in every assistant being brought in. And I think the the time of having somebody who doesn't pull their weight on both fronts – like that time is over in college football, I think, you know, or at the, at the very least, if you are only thinking about player development or almost exclusively talking about player development, you better be the best in the business at doing that. If you're going to make up for the fact that you're not bringing uh, a lot to the table on the recruiting front, you just kind of can't afford that anymore. And I think, you know, Dion Barnes is a real asset. And I think you'll see uh, his it, influence maybe grow because uh, young, energetic guy. He's a cool dude. He's he's somebody that the play, the current players respect. I mean, I think his brand of recruiting, like obviously his Philadelphia roots, it's where he's from. He was coaching high school there before Penn State brought him in. There's there's real ties to that region, and you can't replicate that necessarily. But I do feel like he's going to blossom into a a higher level recruiter than just that one region too. And, you know, that was one area, you know, where I think Taylor Stubblefield could have been better from what I understand uh, is is on that front. So you bring Higgins in, who's pretty proven on that front. Um, James Franklin, you know, to circle back to 
uh, wide receivers. Um, James Franklin, every chance he gets uh, since the end of the season, since Taylor Stubblefield was let go, has brought up how critical um, it is for the wide receivers to develop. And I think he, the most recent thing I saw was he talked about toughness. You know, these they, they have to be tougher. He thought that they didn't get enough out of the wide receivers last year. So I think his feeling about the wideouts is pretty well clear. And I think in addition to that, um, Hagen's is an upgrade on, on the recruiting front too. And, um, you see, you phrased it perfectly. It's like, you're not dragging along average coaches anymore. Um, you can't afford to, if you really want to be the best program in the nation, which Penn state's striving to do, you can't do that. You can't have loyalties cloud your judgment over what is the best thing to do. And I think James Franklin over time has established, you know, like the, his playbook isn't fixed. You know, it's 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 based on every situation. He's he's not carrying just a one size fits all. Like I'm sure he hates to have to fire Taylor Stubblefield because he's a nice guy. I'm sure he hates to have to fire Kirk Shiraka because of how that looks and how that feels. So, uh, but he did it, and I think I think the Kirk Shiraka move has 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 worked out, and I think the the Taylor Stubblefield move has a, has a very good chance of working out. I agree with you because it meant bringing Mike Yursich in, and hopefully both Hagens. And Barnes will prove to be successful also as their position coach. And Dusty, I've gotten uh, feedback from some of our listeners who will do this. Well, with all the emphasis on recruiting, being a good recruiter doesn't mean you're good at developing talent. Well, I'll put it the other way. Being a good recruiter doesn't mean you're bad at developing players, okay? So if if I want to start with a coach as whether they're a good recruiter or not so good recruiter, I want to start with the idea that they're a good recruiter first. And I don't, I don't think that that's backwards at all, you know, and I think there, there are so many positions on a coaching staff on field, off field analyst, this graduate assistance, you have the opportunity. Uh, if you're not a proven developer, you have the opportunity to bring in people who can contribute on the recruiting front in a perfect world. You don't have to choose both or you don't have to choose one or the other. Um, but I think it's not backwards at all. I mean, it, it is all about talent acquisition. If it weren't about talent acquisition in college football, uh, you wouldn't see the the lack of parity that we've seen. The teams that have consistently dominated in terms of getting high-end talent in have won on the highest levels. And I'm sure that they develop guys at, at an equally high level, but you can't win uh, national titles without bringing in national title caliber talent. You know, that that's just point blank. You can develop it. You can have success stories in terms of bringing three stars along, but at the end, at, at the end of the day here, uh, the numbers just scream out. If you're going to, uh, if you're going to win, you got to bring in the, the talent. And so, yeah, you hope that your, your position coaches can all develop at a high level, but they better be bringing talent in as well. And here I thought it was just a coincidence that Ohio State, Georgia, Alabama bring in all the best talent and do all the winning. And just one last thought on the wide receiver changeover. The recruiting hasn't been at the highest level the last year or two. And then there's been a lack of success even with the transfer portal. And the hope is that that changes it needs to change, Dusty, and without getting into the particulars, because we're going to talk transfer portal in our next segment, but they needed a change there at wide receiver if they wanted to make that position group match all the other position groups in talent. 
yeah, shake it up. You've you've got plenty of of options there and plenty of talent there, but you need three or four of those guys to develop, and you need that to happen pretty quickly. Uh, in addition to the fact that they've got a couple high end transfers in in that position. It, it, exactly the case. All right, we are not going to do an Ask Dusty segment in quarter number three, but send in your questions. Andy will be back next week. We will get back to Ask Andy, I promise. But we want to get into this off-season review. We're going to keep that going in quarter number three. Stay tuned for that. Are you ready to elevate your game day experience? Then it's time for turnkey tailgating with Revel XP. You get to tailgate close to Beaver Stadium with our exclusive area next to the soccer field. Revel XP will provide the tent, the chairs, table, even the cooler and ice. We even partner with local food and beverage providers to cater your tailgate event. As someone has enjoyed tailgating with Revel XP, I know you're going to love it. Go to RevelXP.com for more info. We Are NIL Collective helps Penn State compete in the new world of collegiate athletics, and you can help us. Hi, this is Michael Krenzman, founding member of We Are NIL, and I'm inviting you to join the football parents and the folks from Keystone Sportsnet at a tailgate party for the blue-white game. Enjoy great food from 409 Tailgate Club and beer from Neutral Brewery all from the exclusive Revel XP lot near the stadium. This is your chance to also talk football with the guys from Keystone Sports and meet some players' families. So get your tickets at thetailgateclub.com. Thanks very much. Hey, guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. Let's get back to the action on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number three. I'm Jim Galante. He's Dustin Hawkinsmith. I know, I know, normally quarter number three. It's the Ask Andy segment. We will get back to that next week. We're going to continue our review of Penn State's offseason. But first, another reminder, do not forget Blue White Game, a tailgate event. We're sponsoring it along with the We Are NIL Collective. It's going to be a lot of fun. We got great food from 409 Tailgate Club. We got great beer from New Trail. We've got, if you're a wine drinker, we even got wine from Blue and White Wines. Just going to be a tremendous time. Already know that there's going to be several of the players' parents there. We're going to be represented. So if you want to talk football with the Keystone Sports guys, guys like Dusty, who knows absolutely everything about Penn State football. Never been wrong either. (laughs) Not once. That's exactly it. So if you want your ticket, 
go to thetailgateclub.com. It'll give you your chance, not just to have a great time, but also to help out on the NIL side. You know, Dusty, I've been getting uh, more than one person, several people have talked to me about, you know, they'd like to help out on the NIL, but they're not the big money guys. Well, you don't have to be a big money guy. Here's a chance to contribute and also have a great time. So this is your chance. That's thetailgateclub.com. I'm looking forward to it. I hope you are. And Dusty, I hope you are also. Man, can you think of a better win-win? Like if you're a Penn State fan and you can contribute uh, and you can kind of help the NIL thing. And I think that's what everybody, you know, at Penn State's looking for is everybody to be pulling the rope in, in the right direction. And you get fed and you get, you know, this other, like do, I mean, do it. If you can, if you can make a contribution and get a really good experience and get a belly full of good, awesome food. I mean, I can't think of a better way to contribute. <laughs> and I know the food part just hits home for you, Dusty. All right, let, let's continue our conversation about Penn State's off season. We were talking in quarter number two about the new coaches that came in and a lot of conversation about the wide receivers. And that's going to continue the other part of the offseason, this is a big part for every team, it's the transfer portal. So Penn State only brought in a handful of people. This kind of sticks with uh, Penn State's M.O. over the last couple of years. They only bring in a couple guys, but they seem to be difference makers. And this year, the emphasis was at wide receiver. That's where they brought in a couple guys, Dusty. Yeah, and I think it couldn't have happened at a more perfect time. Um, Dante Cephas from Kent State, he's got uh, Pennsylvania roots. He's from here. He's from Penn Hills. Uh, Malik McLean from Florida State, who is that kind of big-bodied, sort of physical freak um, standout guy. I mean, that's a welcome addition, too, to this depth chart. Um, so I think it, it's it was so critical that, that Penn State went out uh, in, in a pretty good market for wide receiver help, and they made an impact there. You know, I can't really recall a transfer portal search um, for Penn State that was more urgent than getting a couple veteran wide receivers in than, than this particular portal season. And to their credit, whatever went behind it, uh, it, even in the midst of making a transition at that position coach to get two guys with a shot to make a, a pretty uh, significant impact was a big, big deal. And it changed the whole feeling of the depth chart. You you look at this depth chart and you see a bunch of names, um, guys who are possibilities or maybe can take a big step forward. You didn't see a lot of you know, sure things. And I know that Dante Cephas and Malik McLean aren't sure things per se, but it gives you a lot better probability. The math checks out when you add those two to Harrison Wallace coming back, Keandre Lambert Smith coming back. Now you might have a little something there where you get two or three of these guys who really separate themselves, who compete for, you know, everything this spring and in training camp. And it can change the look and feel of that position. That's what they were able to do at the wide receiver spot. Uh, and one thing that I would definitely say just in general about the transfer portal is, yeah, if you stack them side by side, Penn State lost more than they gained. But that goes, as you said, with what James Franklin has stated he wants to do, which is to build around their high school recruiting. You know, there's no great substitute for that. You can experience some success short term uh, when you bring in a bunch of transfers, but ultimately to build a stable uh, program, 
you need to have that high school recruiting piece locked in. But I don't think Penn State has lost a player um, that I can think of where you just didn't understand it. You know, every player on the guy on the on the transfer out list, you like, I, I get it. And it, it, it doesn't really strike me as somebody who's going to make a great impact on the 2023 roster. So I think Penn State has done a great job at if they're having guys who have success of not leaving eligibility on the table to go someplace else. So I think in, in terms of what Penn State's doing there, player satisfaction and getting guys to buy in, I mean, I think they've done an outstanding job. Well, first to hit on the receivers, Dusty, when we talked about the coaches coming in, I said it was kind of a nice balance between the two. You bring in an outsider, you bring in the youngster. You know, there, there's there's a balance to it. I kind of look at Cephas and McLean as Cephas is the high floor guy, McLean's the high ceiling guy. And that gives a little bit of balance, a little bit of both um, factors in the guys they brought in at wide receiver. And you kind of hit my next question, which was the list of guys leaving and it's a pretty sizable list, but as far as difference makers, I'm not sure I see them here. And as far as the history of Penn State players leaving, I know we're going to get those who argue, and they already have, well, how about Will Levis? You know, he's going to be a top 10 pick. And I'm sure there will be people who say losing a Christian Fayer is a big deal. And, and, you know what? He's going to pit, and I do not begrudge him at all. I wish he would have picked someplace other than pit, <laughs> but yeah. I'm gonna. I am going to root for that kid because he he was not going to get the chance to play at Penn State. But other than that, is there another name on the list of the uh, guys who transferred out that you'd say, boy, I wish he had stayed? Well, I mean, in a perfect world, you would have, let's say, Marquise Wilson, you know, being your fifth cornerback or something again. But in reality, you know, this is like the third year in a row where this guy has not seen his role grow at all. He's stuck. He was stuck at Penn State in, in that role. Um, so you're not going to you're not going to retain a guy like that who has maybe one more chance to go out and, and make an impact. And then again, in a perfect world, you wouldn't lose, you know, like your seventh defensive tackle. But for Moba is looking for a better opportunity at West Virginia. I mean, there's not really a player on this list, um, again, outside of Christian Bayer, who you wouldn't want to go into a season with going sophomore, redshirt freshman, freshman uh, at quarterback. But again, I mean, how are you going to tell a redshirt sophomore uh, that he's stuck, but to just stick it out? Like, it's just, it's, it's not going to happen. He needed a, a change of scenery. Uh, it's just the, um, the, it's just the, the rules of the game at this point. So all these guys, I mean, I don't think it should break anybody's heart to, to lose them other than it just kind of might impact the experience level in your depth chart or your ability to sustain an injury or two, um, along the way. But yeah, most, mo- almost all these, it's just like, I get it. Uh, Penn state's not better off without them, but they're also not that much worse off. I would say. And Dustin, just you mentioned Marquise Wilson as being that extra cornerback that you lose. I think the under the radar pickup coming in is Storm Duck. And it reminds me a little bit of Johnny Dixon when he came in and we were just sort of like shrugged our shoulders and said, okay, another cornerback. But Johnny Dixon has played 
played a lot and will continue to play. I get this feeling that Storm Duck is going to be the same way. He's going to be a contributor right away in that room. So I think that went a little bit under the radar. Uh, yeah. Next up, Dusty, I just wanted to ask you about the guys who opted to return and not say, okay, I've been here four or five years, it's time to move on, or it's time the NFL is calling. And I hadn't really thought about it till you put the list of names together. This is quite a list when you consider Fashionu. He's, look by all indications, will be a top 10 pick next year. Curtis Jacobs, at linebacker, is... I believe an NFL player, Adisa Isaac at defensive end. He's going to be an NFL player and Hunter Norzad. Hey, he may not be an NFL player, but making that shift, especially from guard to center, he's going to be a critical player this coming year. That's quite a list of guys returning. Yeah, it, it really is. And I think the tone was set, you know, Hunter Norzad was the first domino to fall, so to speak. He opted to come back. And I think that set a tone, but really Olu Fashionu, his decision to come back and his reasoning for it. And the fact that he had, you know, pro, what do you have on the table if you, where he was going to go 15 to $20 million? Um, say, you know what, that that can wait. I believe that this team has a chance to do something even bigger next year. You know, that set a, a tone. And then, you know, Curtis Jacobs, I think Curtis Jacobs, you know, he's probably going to go down as a better college player than a pro prospect and maybe pro player. But he is so important and he's so good uh, for him to come back. And Adisa Isaac, like, yeah, I mean, he could use another season to solidify himself as healthy and productive. And I thought you saw him um, really start to explode late last year. So there are some football reasons for that too, but he could have, he could have been drafted as well. So th this is a really strong list of guys coming back that, um, Penn State, you know, I, I think they they, they would have had some solutions in-house had these guys had any of the four or all four of them not come back. But this team is decidedly better because of these guys coming back. You talk about center, tackle, um, a linebacker who, who does everything, and a pass rusher. I mean, these are critical players at critical positions that Penn State um, got a huge boost when they decided to return. And I'll point at the, the two offensive linemen, Fashionu and Norzad, coming back. We've talked so much about offensive line being so vulnerable because you have five positions to fill, Dusty. And it just never seemed like there would be five guys on the Penn State offensive line who stayed healthy all year. This year, they have some margin for error. Remember, there were points in last season where there were three starters out at, at one time. So you hope that doesn't happen, but you just feel so much more prepared for that this year. And just think how much different that depth would look without Fashionu and without Norzad. So those two guys coming back mean so much, not just for the individual position, but for the entire offensive line. All right, Dusty, that's it for quarter number three. We got one more quarter to go. Stick around for that. Are you ready to elevate your game day experience? Then it's time for turnkey tailgating with Revel XP. 
you get to tailgate close to Beaver Stadium with our exclusive area next to the soccer field. Revel XP will provide the tent, the chairs, table, even the cooler and ice. We even partner with local food and beverage providers to cater your tailgate event. As someone has enjoyed tailgating with Revel XP, I know you're going to love it. Go to RevelXP.com for more info. We Are NIL Collective helps Penn State compete in the new world of collegiate athletics, and you can help us. Hi, this is Michael Krenzman, founding member of We Are NIL, and I'm inviting you to join the football parents and the folks from Keystone Sportsnet at a tailgate party for the blue-white game. Enjoy great food from 409 Tailgate Club and beer from Neutral Brewery, all from the exclusive Revel XP lot near the stadium. This is your chance to also talk football with the guys from Keystone Sports and meet some players' families. So get your tickets at thetailgateclub.com. Thanks very much. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We head to the home stretch in quarter number four on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number four. I'm Jim Galante. He's Dustin Hawkinsmith. Do not reset your station it is Dusty sitting in today for Andrew P. Shea and doing a heck of a job, Dusty. I just, I just don't have the wild phrasings that, that Andy has. And I, I, reg- I regret it. I try to come up with folksy ways to phrase things. I just don't have what he's got. So that's one big thing you're missing. And I, I do apologize for that. Dusty, don't try to be something you're not. There's only yeah. one. Andrew P. Shea. All right, let's move on. We've been talking about uh, the Penn State football offseason. We've gone over the transfer portal. We've gone over the new coaches. Let's talk a bit about this incoming freshman class, Dusty. It's interesting. We got spoiled a year ago by that 22 class. You had significant people coming in like Nick Singleton, Abdul Carter, Katron Allen, Drew Aller, Drew Shelton. So you've gotten a lot of immediate talent there. I'm not sure we're going to see that uh, this year, but are there people in this freshman class who we're going to see on the field, Dusty? I think inevitably, yeah. I mean, I, and it really boils down to the two big factors of how ready they are and how um, how opportunistic their position group is. And you have some players who, who fit the bill there. And I think you've got some others who um, are either deserving of, of 
playing right away, who look like they're they're capable, who maybe they're blocked. And that's okay. I mean, I think looking at the offensive line in particular, I think that that's the case. Um, Tony Rojas, I think, has 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 looked the part in high school and has looked the part thus far through the winter and the early part of spring to suggest that, okay, maybe they don't have a great need at linebacker, but this guy's so good that even if it's primarily special teams or if it's just as a depth piece or whatever, uh, he needs to see his way onto the field. Uh, I think there are some defensive backs looking at at safeties and corners. Elliot Washington uh, is a really nice player from Florida who uh, who enrolled in January as well. Um, you've also got um, you know some other corners. Zion Tracy and Lamont Payne are, are listed at cornerback, but I really love King Mack. We've talked about him in the past too, the the, the past few weeks um, as a safety who can fly. Uh, I think there's room for for that skill set, no matter what. Um, but at Penn State, you know, I think looking down the depth chart at at safety, like I think there's room for a young guy to make a big splash and and to force his way onto the field. And I would say the same thing about the Kari Nelson, who's just a, a long safety um, from from Alabama, at six foot three. Uh, so I think there are some nice players in this class, in addition to Javen Williams and Alex Birchmeyer, who I think are are one of the most exciting one-two punches at offensive line that Penn State has ever had. Uh, and and you throw in Anthony Donko as well. And I think there's there's a good group here that I don't think you're going to see the same level of immediate impact, primarily because they don't need to, but also because I think this this group of of players doesn't quite have the same high-end talent as the 22 class did. But um, I think you do see some common threads here where these guys, I mean, there are so many players in this class who are just uh, competitors and football players. And I think that that's what they're looking for, like tools and everything, obviously. But these guys um, just look like they're competitors. And I think they're going to be capable of, of delivering, if it's not this fall, I think early in their careers. And Dusty, the high-end part of this 23 class, they're not at the sexy positions that they were a year ago. They're not the pair of running backs. They're not the quarterback. They're not the linebacker that you had a year ago with Abdul Carter. You start with the two most highly rated players are offensive linemen. You hope to God you don't need them to play as freshmen. And it looks like at least at, you know, uh, starter snaps are not going to be available for those two. But it is possible for them to dent the two deep. And I think if you have that with a freshman offensive lineman, you should be really happy. Yeah, and, and I, I think the the recent example of Drew Shelton is a great working example of, of how you would hope um, to be here. Uh, you know, he uh, he James Franklin has has brought in um, such such great talent here, and and Drew Shelton as somebody who it wasn't the primary plan. It wasn't plan a last year to, to have drew Shelton burn his red shirt and play right away. But when they needed that, when they were in that pinch, he established himself as a real future building block of that position. Not that you really doubted that he had a really good pedigree, but I think, you know, Javen Williams and Alex Birchmeyer are in the exact same boat. I would think that the plan a is to not need them uh, in year one, but, 
if if something happens, if if things go down, if there's a couple injuries, whether that's inside or outside, I think they're both capable of playing um, either way. You know, I think they're in the same position as Drew Shelton was in last year, and and similarly talented that they can play right away if they need to. Uh, I don't think it's ever really Plan A for a, a true freshman to to play um, year one, but sometimes there's special talent that that can do it, uh, and sometimes like we saw with Drew Shelton, that you needed that freshman to uh, to to jump in there. So I think they they've got guys who um, they're going to be able to develop them behind the scenes, but. If it all breaks down, I think they can be they can play at a pretty high level. And the fact that Drew Shelton did that last year is one of those contributing factors to changing how you feel about this depth chart. Now it's like, okay, uh, if Olu Fashionu goes down, or if Caden Wallace, um, you know, doesn't take uh, another step forward, and you need a, a, to look at another option at, at right tackle, now you've got a young, talented one who's got some experience as well. And by the way, that's all enabled by the fact that Fashionu decided to come back, as we talked about. Uh, the one other note I just want to make, Dusty, as we're, you know, prepare for this segment, I take a look at things. And I was looking at the freshman class, and you mentioned two guys, uh, Elliot Washington and King Mack, as potential guys to see the field as defensive backs. What I found really fascinating, just noticing it, is they're both from Florida. They are ranked as the 22nd and 39th best player in the class coming out of Florida. What in the world does that tell you about the talent in that state? Man, per per capita, it's just hard to beat that. I know that Texas and California um, are, are big producers of talent, but you know, on a per player basis, like that is ridiculous. You know, and especially King Mac. You know, I I have such a high opinion of him, and you know, he's the number seven safety in the country. He's the number twenty-two player in in the state of Florida. It just shows you what level of freakish, freakishness you're dealing with down there. There's so much speed. There's so much athleticism, and it's, it's just rare that high-end guys. And and this is, you know, Penn State has gone into Florida before, and they've gotten really really good players. Um, this is about as good a a player from Florida as Penn state has gotten. And you just think about how that talent doesn't generally leave the South or it doesn't generally leave um, the state. And it almost makes you wonder like what in the world is Florida state doing wrong or what in the world is Miami doing wrong? Why are they not locking this talent down and doing more with it there? Uh, but Penn state, I think Penn state is just so fortunate to have these inroads there. And I think um, you saw in this recruiting class that I, I do feel like their recruitment of the South um, went to another level. You had some some pitfalls with that, and, and guys that that decommitted, um, out Conrad Hussey being one, and and uh, T.J. Parker being one. Um, that it's it's hard. It's harder to retain that talent once you get a commitment, but they did such a good job of, of recruiting Florida and the South in this class, and they continue to do a good job there. And I think that, um, again, it's not like anybody's overlooking uh, Jay Wan Sider, but you know, his connection to Florida really has paid dividends. It, it does truly make a difference. And then um, finally, Dustin, let's take a look at position changes. It's always a topic of conversation during the offseason. Not a lot of them, but there's a couple here that I think are significant. Uh, Christian Driver going from uh, defensive back to wide receiver. That might turn into something. 
Uh, Devon Townley making the change from defensive end to defensive tackle. Tyrese Mill from linebacker back to safety. And I'm sure he'll go safety to linebacker, linebacker to safety. I, and besides, the position is blurring anyway. So, right. And then uh, what may be the biggest is if Hunter Norzad makes the change from guard to center. Yeah, and, and I think that... The Norzad change, the writing was on the wall for that one, that they were going to need an in-house option uh, when Juice Scruggs uh, was moving on, and Hunter Norzad was the best one. Uh, Christian Driver is an interesting example. I mean, he was equally regarded, I think, as a wide receiver and a defensive back coming out. Um, in the end, I mean, I think they they are going with the position where the player is most comfortable and where the player sees himself as being the best fit. I think that was a good a good move to kind of, and I'm sure in the early going and Christian Driver's recruitment, they gave him that flexibility to make that, and and they they stayed true to their word. So yeah, it could amount to something. I mean, he he's he's right there in in a group with like eight or ten guys who I think are in pretty good equal standing um, there. The one that really jumps out to me. Devon Townley, and I don't know where this factors into his decision to, to explore the, the portal, but um, he can be a really unique defensive tackle if they keep building him up that way. He's such a long guy, um, and he has a chance to be kind of that next in line uh, of players who move from defensive end, and they really find a sweet spot at defensive tackle. Uh, Penn State needs bodies there. Um, they, they need upside there, and I think Devon Townley delivers on that. Tyrese Mills, I think, as you mentioned, the lines being blurred between safety and linebacker anyway. I think, you know, it was a, a move for depth um, to, to consider him a linebacker last year. They just needed another body there more so than they needed the body at safety. And probably, you know, the way that they saw it is getting reps at linebacker can't hurt his overall development. So I think they, they, they kind of, but I think in the end, they probably wanted him to be more of a safety type uh, uh in, uh, from the beginning and so they move him back there now with the uh, linebacker depth we haven't really talked about that much on on this show but linebacker depth has changed quite a bit uh for the better so they have that ability to move tyrese mills back nothing really jumps out too much with with these position changes other than the hunter norzad but there are definitely some intriguing ones there there really are and just in that tyrese mills from linebacker to safety you have safeties playing sometimes at all three levels they're up at the line of scrimmage or they're in the box or they're back in their normal position as a safety. So when you see some of these guys listed linebacker safety, it's like Jonathan Sutherland. It's not a big surprise with Manny Diaz's defense. Dusty, that is it. Wonderful job filling in for Andrew P. Shea. We'll see you on our Monday show next week. And I hope we'll see all of you again next time on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Are you ready to elevate your game day experience? Then it's time for turnkey tailgating with Revel XP. You get to tailgate close to Beaver Stadium with our exclusive area next to the soccer field. Revel XP will provide the tent, the chairs, table, even the cooler and ice. We even partner with local food and beverage providers to cater your tailgate event. As someone has enjoyed tailgating with Revel XP, I know you're going to love it. Go to RevelXP.com for more info. We Are NIL Collective helps Penn State compete in the new world of collegiate athletics, and you can help us. Hi, this is Michael Krenzman, founding member of We Are NIL, and I'm inviting you to join the football parents and the folks from Keystone Sportsnet at a tailgate party for the blue-white game. Enjoy great food from 409 Tailgate Club and beer from Neutral Brewery. 
all from the exclusive Revel XP lot near the stadium. This is your chance to also talk football with the guys from Keystone Sports and meet some players' families. So get your tickets at thetailgateclub.com. Thanks very much. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. 